Right, Father, thank you for your word and Holy Spirit. We just welcome you to teach us, grow us, mature us, challenge us in all aspects into Christ. We do not desire to just be children tossed to and fro, but Lord, that we grow up in all aspects into you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going through the Gospel of John together. And hopefully you've been sitting in John chapter 1. We're we're back in verse 1 through 5 again today. But we're purposing to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ through knowing His Word. If you'll remember, Jesus rebuked Satan himself in Matthew 4 in in the wilderness using Scripture. So the more we grow in our understanding and knowledge of Uh, scripture, then we can grow in our authority and begin to walk it out. We've seen, uh, you know, from the different testimonies, I'll have a couple more today, but uh, D. Corey last week, even sharing uh, just how as, as we are connected to the vine, we're in his word, the Holy Spirit's teaching us, we have a lot more to give. And um, so it's, it's exciting to see how we, that can turn into walking in his authority. I am asking you uh, to sit in John chapter 1 each week with us. I'm asking you to do that. Sit with us in John chapter 1. We're currently verse 1 through 5. Next week we'll go 6 through 13. Uh, But I want you to sit with the Lord in it, make observations, and then do what He says. Do what He asks you to do. And I put this up there last week. I'm going to put it up again. Three ways that we make uh, reading the Bible, an act of listening to the Holy Spirit, connecting with Christ and doing what He says, uh, are these three in particular. But I want to make the point. It's not enough just to read Scripture like you're reading Sports Illustrated. Okay, When you're reading the Bible, let your Bible reading be comprised. Uh, see it as an act of listening to the Holy Spirit. Connecting with Christ. Because that's what the purpose of Scripture is according to Jesus, John 5, 39 and 40. And doing what He says. The ones we've talked about are soap, storing and eat the Word. You can find out more about those at gracechurch.community slash m28-podcast. Okay, and then listen to the Building in His Presence series. These are three that we're using. I've talked to a couple of people. Even I was visiting with Stacy this weekend. She's working on one that's kind of a combination of storying and eat the Word. And so however you're digging in and hearing the voice of the Lord to walk out what He says, that is the main thing. But these are the three that we're using and we're utilizing on uh, building in His presence as well. I mentioned D. Corey. I want to say that again. She testified last Sunday what helped her jump at the chance to pray for one of her co-workers who happened to be an atheist uh, but she didn't back down. She didn't let that bother her. She didn't back down from that. She said, one of the things that really has helped me to do it is I'm living connected to the vine. The day that Gretchen almost died, which was December, right? December the 6th, Dee was there and felt like she had empty resources. Uh, she went to her car uh, after the whole episode and she wept because she's like, Lord, I know it's not your will that when something happens, I have nothing to pray, nothing to say, nothing to give. And man, the Lord changed her mind, folks. And she shifted. So she makes sure that she's connected to Christ on a daily basis, sitting with Him in the Word, growing up in all aspects into Christ. And, 
you know, amazingly, it leads to doing the stuff. It leads to being so full you have something to give and to share. And I want to have, Jerry, would you run out and get Ann Marshall for me? Uh, she should be right outside the door. While he's getting Ann, I want to share another testimony from Waylon, who just turned 16, Waylon Cannon. Terry Cox had come to me uh, this week, just giving me the testimony, and then I was chatting with Waylon. But he was at school, and uh, I'm not going to give you all the detail, uh, names and all that that are involved. Hey, Ann, come on down. Come on down. <laughs> and so Waylon's at school. He's outside in the hallway, and... Uh, there's a topic of discussion that comes up, somewhat controversial. And um, one of uh, a young man who doesn't believe in the Lord, subscribe to any of that, uh, approached Waylon and said, what do you think about that topic? And Waylon began to share with him from God's word what God's view of that particular topic is. And then the young man you know, told Waylon, I, I really think I'm too far gone for God to love someone like me. And he's able to share with him the gospel. This is how the gospel works. And the kid was so uh, listening, he yelled over to his friend and another friend came over there and Waylon was able to share with both of them. Those things don't happen. And I was talking with Waylon right down here a moment ago. He said, it, it doesn't happen if we're not in his word, if we're not feeding, if we're not... Because we don't want to just pass out some kind of intellectual information. But if you know Him, if you're intimate with Him, you share Him. Does that make sense? And so that's what we're talking about. That's some of the great stuff that's coming out of of what we're doing. And I want you to come and share. Uh, She had a similar situation to Dee at work. Can I add to that? Uh The the young man that he's talking about. Mm I had testified in the fall about a band parent that kept coming to me. That is his son. Isn't that? I just put it together. And if I'm not mistaken, some of those names are right up here on the Yeah, they're on the all altar. on there. Yeah. The whole family. <laughs> Praise the whole God. Family. All right, and lay it on us. What happened at, at work this week? Um, okay, hi. Uh, there's a whole lot more people in here than I thought there was going to be. It's fine. Just fine. Yeah, focus on yeah. this view here. Um, where you at? Um, okay, so at my job, I was telling Pastor Steve, um, so every Monday morning, like before we even start at 8 o'clock, we come together for like a department meeting, and we go over like the important things like birthdays and stuff like that, super important, right? And so at the very end, um, it's opened up if anybody has any prayer requests. And then somebody will pray, um, and then we go and we start our day and our week and all that. And so my boss had just mentioned very quickly that his grandson had went to school with a a friend of his who, while they were at school, had went to the bathroom and he ended his life. And so he was asking for prayer for his grandson. And, of course, everybody involved, the school, the family, mm-hmm. all of that. And so we went on our day. The next day, um, towards the end of the day, um, he likes to walk around. And yes. what, one thing was, I remember he had said, was how do you have faith? Well, when, was, are you coming to that? Yeah, okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so the next day, like, he, he walks around, and he talks to everybody, and he came up to my desk, and he, he loves to ask about my kids. And so he was asking about my kids, and um, he knows that I'm, I'm involved in our students' ministry here. And um, he kind of got really quiet, and then he just kind of said, when things like this happen, um, I don't know how we have enough faith to get through it. And so I was, like, listening to him speak, and he kept saying faith and, um, like, how do I have enough faith? And what, like, I was hearing him say was that, like, how do I produce enough faith to get through hard situations? And right. especially when it's our younger generation, like, they're, they're, they're hurting. And so he was just asking me all these questions. And so what I was reminded of was the scripture um, when we, we walk by faith and not by sight. Right. And so I just asked him simply, like, hey, man, do you know – do you know what faith is? And so he gave me a definition, um, and it was kind of like what he was saying, like what we produce. And so I pulled up Bible Hub, and I pulled up that scripture, and I looked up faith, and it says, um, Annie, hold on. Uh, <laughs> faith is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers. And so I looked up abiding as well, and I shared that with him. And so he just kind of stood there. He's he's an um, he's an older. He's probably in his sixties. And so he took a picture of my phone and he shared it with his wife. He went home, shared it with his wife because his wife is struggling as well. And so then the next day he comes back to my desk yeah. in the morning, and he said, you know, I just want to thank you for what you shared with me yesterday because we um, prayed together. We called our grandson and we talked with him Amen. and we prayed with him as well and so what he had shared was that he like i said he's in his 60s his wife they've been in ministry their whole life wow. um, they've done children's ministry youth ministry young adult ministry they go to camp every year and he was just saying i've lived my whole life thinking faith is my responsibility wow when i lack faith i don't know how to get through things wow and so just sharing that with him and being able to share that with his wife um they are able to now go through this experience with their grandson yeah. And and know that all they need to do is just abide, and and it's not on him and it's not his responsibility. Amen. We re- read that, the the faith. I'm going to have her reread faith again. I want you to listen to this. This is why Bible Hub and Strong's Concordance and those things are important because we've all heard different definitions of faith, but. Uh, go ahead and read it for them. It says, "Is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people." The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers. So what is the key? Where is he, his wife, and now this young man, where are they going to get the faith to walk through the tragedy? They're going to get it from God through their yielding to him. Now that is a far easier yoke and light burden than us trying to conjure something that only comes from God. Does that make sense? I may not be able to believe in the midst of this tragedy, but Lord, I can cry out to you and I can yield myself fully to you. Would you help me? I can do that. Does that make sense? Give Anne a hand. Don't forget your phone. What's awesome is we're getting in, we're going to get into faith today. Uh, because we're going to look at Logos and Rhema in further detail. We're going to get, in, get into faith. And uh, I was joking backstage, Ephesians 2, 8, we're saved by grace through faith. 
It's not of yourselves. Which one of those is not of, you, uh, of us? Both. Both. All right. So uh, I just love that. I think that's why it's important to be connected to the vine, to be in the word, in the scriptures. How can we even know if what the Holy Spirit's leading us in, how can we know if that's right on if we're not familiar with the scriptures? And so we're very much engaged in Bible revival 2024. And I, I ask you to partner with us to pray for our country Our country needs it too. And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about getting into Scripture to hurt somebody. I'm talking about getting in Scripture and reading the Bible as an act of listening to the one who wrote it, connecting with Christ in a personal, intimate way, and then to do what He asks us to do. So let's go back to John chapter 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Anybody remember the Greek word for word here? Logos. Very good. You've been in it. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Notice the pronouns here, he and him. And without him, there it is again, nothing was made that was made. You can, you can put Christ in all those pronouns. In him, in Christ was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it so let me put up here logos once one more time Thirty fifty-six in the strongs it's a word embodying an idea god's divine utterance it's the expression of a thought isn't that what a word is it communicates you have a thought or an idea uh, to deliver or towards someone what do we use you use a word so god uses the word to express his thoughts his ideas uh, of you to you He sent you a word. Nobody in this room can say, I've never heard from God. He never gave me a word. Oh, yes, he has. There is historical proof of one called Jesus the Christ. And that is God's word, the expression of his thought and his idea towards you. It is Christ expressing the thoughts of the Father through the Spirit. For the Father himself is Spirit and truth. So he communicates his thoughts and ideas by his word. We know from verse 14 in John chapter 1 that the word is Jesus Christ because it said the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld. Okay, so we we saw, we beheld. So uh, we know that the word in John chapter 1 verse 1 is a person. It is Jesus Christ. We know from verse 2 when he uses the pronoun he that that's who he's talking about. John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, he said things that give us insight that he's delivering the Father to you. Who this great God of the universe is, I'm expressing him to you. John 10, 30, he said, I and the Father are one. John 14, 9, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How many times he even said, the words you hear is is the Father's words. I'm just expressing them and then uh, just to to encapsulate that Jesus Christ is saying I am the Father's thoughts and ideas toward you. Thank thank you, Lord, that when I've seen Christ, I've seen God in human form. This God of the universe made manifest. More on that when we get to the word "phos" or light here in just a moment. 
I want to recap this because it's very important. God did not tell you who He is by sending you a text message. He didn't even give you a book to read to reveal Himself to you. Why? Because you're not a text and you're not a book. How did He deliver Himself to you? In human form. Because you are human. Amen. To me, that's one of the greatest, most loving things that God the Father ever did is come to us in human form. If you look at John 1, 17, uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. One could say the knowledge of sin came through Moses, but the knowledge of God came through Jesus Christ. And then, of course, verse 18, the one after that, says no one has seen God at any time. Right? He is spirit. He's in the unseen realm. But the one and only begotten Son... In the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him to us. Now, guys, I about fell out in my office because it hit me, and I I don't expect my revelation to be yours, but I'm telling you the truth. Total honesty. It hit me like a ton of bricks that the great God of the universe, that when I was a kid, I would think, uh, what was God doing before He got here? How long was God here before, or sorry, before we got here? Uh, What was He doing? How far does space go? And if, and if the universe they're telling me about, you know, in middle school, ends somewhere, well then, what's on the other side? There has to be something on the other side. And then eventually I get to the point where I can't comprehend it. That God came to me in human form, showed Himself to me, walked up a hill called Golgotha and died for me not only for me he died as me as the old steve it just undoes me to think how much he must love us to show himself to us because he's he's pretty big isaiah says he holds the universe in the expanse of his hand the universe he holds like infinity in the expanse of his hand so Just being HOV with you, it overwhelmed me. So I want to look at verse 4 and 5 in our time uh, this morning. Verse 4 says, In Him, and I can put it back up there, but in Him, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, was life, and the life was the light of men. So let's look at verse 4. God's life exists in Christ the Word. And so He is where we get the capacity to experience that life. I love that Christ doesn't just impart life to you. He is that life. He doesn't give you a separate commodity. You got Him. He is that life. Yeah, you got it. And then the beautiful part is His life is the light of men. His life lights us, not darkens us. He is the yoke we're made for. He, he lights mankind. You, you see? It's not like, oh, what a hard taskmaster. What a burden. Oh, my gosh. No, he, he lights us. He infuses us with divine life. He's not a, he's not a heavy burden. The yoke, the yoke of Christ that we're yoked to in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, Jesus said, is a light yoke. It's one you're made for. To yield to Him, to let Him be the, the driver. You know, that yoke makes two become one, but you got to yield to the main one, and He's the main one. 
So he lights us, he fits us. And I want to give you another great parallel. I mentioned this, Colossians 1. Read about the preeminence of Christ in Colossians 1. It goes really well with, with uh, John chapter 1, 1 through 5. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Zoe because we talk about that a lot. It's number 2222. In him was life. What is it? Well, uh, Zoe life only comes from and is sustained by God's self-existent life. So God is self-existent. He doesn't need something outside of himself to produce life. God is uh, self-generative. He doesn't need anything from anywhere. He just is. Does that make sense? You and I are derivative. We derive life from another. We're branches. He's the vine. That's how it works. So the Lord intimately shares His gift of life with people, creating each in His image, which gives all the capacity to what? To know eternal life. To know that Zoe life. Oh, sorry. And then let me give you this one out of verse 4. In Him was life... In Jesus Christ, the Word was life, and His life was the light of men. The Word is phos. It's where we get phosphorus. Number 5457. The manifestation of God's self-existent life is called light. Pause. The manifestation of this great God, the, the expression of His life, is called light in Scripture. Okay? It's divine illumination to reveal and impart life and the knowledge of God. So the, who is Jesus Christ? He is the manifestation of this great God of the universe, His life. He is that manifestation. In what? In human form. So you could see and behold His glory. Full of grace and truth. How many of you think John is writing under inspiration of the Holy Ghost? I mean, wow! This light needs no source to illuminate because it's its own source of illumination. There it is, right there. The saving truth embodied in Christ and by His love and effort imparted to mankind. Logos, the expression of God's thoughts and ideas given to mankind. Coming to mankind as what? Light to shine in darkness. Thank you, Father, that when man is lost at his, at his uttermost, we're in darkness, meaning we're ignorance. We don't, in, in ignorance. We don't know how to live. Uh, we don't know how to relate to God. God sends light in the midst of that darkness. The revelation of who He is, the knowledge of God is so kind. It's so kind. I mean, if it were me, I probably would have just pushed the, you know, do-over button or whatever. <laughs> We've absolutely seen the invisible creator God of the universe. We've seen his life expression in human form. Love that. See, plants need light to produce. Plants won't, won't flower if they don't have light. So what am, what am I seeing in that? And uh, Brother Don Wheeler gave us this example the other day uh, that plants need something outside a source outside of themselves to live and to bear fruit. So do we. Because we are not self-existent. We derive, okay, from another. Interesting, I think it's called photosynthesis. <laughs> but it's interesting that plants have within it the capacity to receive that light. They have the capacity to receive it by the Creator. But he also put within them their need for light to live. And that's us. 
We derive life, and it becomes the light of God on the inside of us. Thank you, Lord. Here's some cross-references real quick. And I need to get, get going, don't I? What? <laughs> Fruit of the Spirit is patience. If you guys in the back will help me, I just need to throw up the cross-references of Matthew 4, 16 and 17. Like the next slide, please. Because my iPad is locked up. So Matthew 4, 16, I'm going to paraphrase it for you until they throw it up there. Maybe it's locked in the back. Okay. Oh, okay. Way to go, Nikki. Oh. Look at these cross-references, guys. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That's Foss. This is Matthew 4, 16, 17. Upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say what? Repent. God has come. The kingdom of heaven is here. What good news, right? He called it the gospel. The, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is upon you. John eight twelve. Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of Zoe. Love it. Foss of Zoe. Ephesians 5, 8, 9, Amplified. For once you were darkness. Do you see that? You once what? You were darkness. Not you did dark things. You once were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. You are foss. Walk as children of light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. To the revelation of the one who made us. For the fruit, the effect, the product, the byproduct of the light or the spirit consists in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of life. Could you apply those to Christ Himself? Kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, trueness of life. And that becomes our byproduct because the same spirit and life and light of Christ is now dwelling in us. Amen. Amen. Powerful, powerful cross-references. We once were darkness, but now we are light. And then in verse 5, let me go back to that. Let's look at that. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. So verse 5 says, Jesus Christ, the word of God is expressed as light that shines in darkness. And then in John 1, 12, to as many as received him, the light, he gave the authority, the power and the right to become God's offspring, children of God. That's John chapter 1, verse 12. To as many as receive it. So Christ comes as light. What's He here for? To shine in darkness. Whoever lays hold of the light, whoever will grab it, can become God's child. Can be lit with Zoe life on the inside. Can, can participate with God's divine life. Well, I'm not talking about religion here. I don't want you believing a false gospel that you can somehow believe in God like you believe in George Washington and be saved. That is not true. That, that darkness, that spiritual condition you were in has to lay hold of aggressively and receive the light of God. And when that happens, you become new on the inside. And fruit starts to show up of kindly goodness and righteousness and peace and joy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, amen. I, and I mean that. 
I don't want you believing a false gospel. I don't want you lured into some idea that you can just believe in God. I believe in Jesus like I believe in George Washington and you don't know Him. And you've not had that darkness uh, in you penetrated by the light. And that... that all right. <laughs> and we talked about this last week and and this is so... This needs to be said. And by the way, why, why we've got it up there. Uh, and I forgot to mention it. Verse 4. The life was the light of men. That is humanity. It's male and female. Male and female. How many of you know, in the Lord's eyes, male and female were equally as valuable? And that we're at our best when we work together. Man, I, I don't want to buy any of that psychobabble from the world that's always trying to pit male and female. And in the eyes of God, we are equal in the eyes of God. We have equal value. We are all male, female, worth, worth dying for in His eyes. Ron Garman gave me a letter uh, this week when we were riding to this event together. And it so impacted me. And I thank, I told him, I love you, Ron. Thank you for sharing this with me. But it's just, it's just a, a way to get a hold of how, you know, how he serves Cindy, how he supplies Cindy, the things he does for her, how he uh, expresses Christ to her. And I just, I'm not going to go into all of it. I want to grow in that. I, I don't want to buy any, I guess I can say it like this. I've spent a lot of time in sports and locker rooms and things like that. And not everything that's said about females is good. I don't want anything to do with any perspective of male-female partnership aside from what God says and what God thinks. And that's what I'm going to say about that. All right, so I said this last week, talking about as many as received Him, we get the power to become children of God. When Logos, that's Christ expressed to us, is received and comprehended, personally owned, it becomes Rhema. And that's the other Greek word for word. The great cross-reference, Luke one thirty-eight. When the angel approached Mary, the word was delivered to her, you're going to get pregnant, bring forth the Son of God. You remember what she said? Not me, you got the wrong girl. Remember that? If she says that, it remains Logos. But what did she say in verse 38? Be it unto me according to your rhema, according to your word. I receive it, I believe it, here I am. Okay, so when Logos is, is uh, accepted, aggressively received, it becomes rhema. It becomes now a relational word. It actually inbirths faith in you. That's where faith comes from. When you yield and consent, that's what Anne was sharing with her co-worker. Just yield to him. Faith comes from God. You can't produce it. He inbirths faith in the heart of a yielded believer. So yield fully to him. When you do that and you lay hold of the light, faith is inbirthed in you. And literally is his in-birth persuasion. Here's the word rhema. I think I put it up there. No, that shines. Darkness. Okay, I didn't have it. Let me read it to you. Rhema. 4487 in the Strongs. Used in the New Testament for the Lord speaking his living word in a believer to in-birth faith. He speaks it in a what? 
in a believer. What is your work? Believe. John chapter 6, verse 29. They said, Jesus, what is the work that we must do? He said, there's just one required. Believe on me. God, in verse faith, you're not trying to conjure faith. You simply need to take him in his word, believe and receive, and then he delivers faith through the word. Amen. So, speaking his living word in a believer to in-birth faith, listen to this, and bring about inner persuasion. Sorry, his inner persuasion. He goes to work in Mary to bring about what he wants accomplished. Through her what? Heavy lifting? Willpower? Her consent? Her yieldedness? Make sense? I'm going to say it one more time. Rhema is used in the New Testament for the Lord speaking His living word in a believer to in-birth faith and bring about His inner persuasion that Rhema empowered Mary to walk out that obedience even in the face of who knows what people thought about her. Right? She's like 14 or whatever and she's pregnant. Oh, and I'm not married, uh, but it was the Lord. She walked that out. All right, let's, let's continue on with verse 5. Oh my goodness. Yeah, shines. This is 5316 in Strong's. It's a verb, to bring to light, to cause to appear, to shed light, to bring forth into the light, to cause to shine and to show. So Jesus Christ, the living Word, the Word comes and He shines in the darkness. Look at darkness, 4653, a brand of moral, spiritual obscurity. He's not talking about outer space here. He's talking about the condition of human hearts. Jesus Christ, the Word, God's thoughts and ideas towards us, delivered as Logos, comes to us, shines in the darkness. The place of our heart, look at this, that which blocks the light of God when faith is lacking. Metaphorically used of ignorance of divine things and its associated wickedness. And the resultant misery. Why is a lack of faith and uh, receiving the light of God, why is it misery? Why is it wickedness? Because He's the yoke you're made to, to bear. You're, you're made by Him and for Him. You can't change this about yourself. You won't be the first human to say, you know what, it's beer and pizza for me, man. That's what satisfies me. It's beer and pizza. As long as I feed on beer and pizza, I got love, joy, peace, and peace. You're not going to be, you're going to change science, people. He made you for himself. Like that plant. You need light to live, okay? Adam and Eve were made dependent upon the one who made them. It's a death nail to man's self-righteousness. It's a death nail to our pride. And then last, the resultant misery, dimness, and obscurity. So that's, that's darkness. Now this is a spiritual condition because think about this. If darkness is only the absence of light, then when Jesus Christ showed up, all darkness would have left. This is a spiritual condition he's talking about. He references it in John 3. Jesus does when he's after John 3, 16. He goes on to say that men, the light came. Even John 1, 12, he came to his own. But they did not receive him. But to as many as received him, he gave the power to become children of God. John chapter 3, he said, the light shone in the darkness, but men didn't receive him because they loved the darkness more than the, more than the light. Okay, and then uh, this is my favorite. 
the word comprehend. This is a verb. So the light shines in the darkness. Our, our moral condition, apart from God and apart from faith, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. Look, to lay hold of as to make one's own, to obtain, to take into oneself. You see that? To take into oneself. If I'm going to comprehend it, I'm going to believe, I'm going to understand it. Parable of the sower. When we understand it, we receive it into that good soil, take it into oneself. We comprehend, we hold of it, uh, take hold of exactly with decisive initiative. We grasp something in a forceful, firm manner. This is what rocked Michelle Dyke's world last Sunday. And, the, and she saw the complacency. I've been living here. And I choose to live here. I shot her a text this week. How's it going, Michelle? It's going great. Asked her this morning, how's it going? It's going great. I've been looking at Rhema versus Logos. I've been studying the Word. Comprehend. Lay hold of. Forcefully. I made Christ's light and life my own. I apprehended it. Logos became Rhema and faith was in birth in me. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved, Steve, through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Which one? Both. Both. I'm saved by grace and faith and God delivered them both to me. What did I have to do? Believe. Lay hold of aggressively. Put all my weight down on trusting Christ. The whole weight of my being. That's what believing is. I put the whole weight of my my being on this stage. Right here. See? Complete and total trust. Not, oh yeah, I believe God. Oh yeah, I'm fully relying on Him. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, let me keep reading. Verse 9. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. We can't brag about it. But when you have the idea that, oh, God gave the grace, but I, I really came up with all the faith to get saved. Oh, man. No. There's no room for pride in this, buddy. What do you have you did not receive? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Why do you brag as though you've done something when all you have you received? So the one thing you did is you received. And let me just give you a rabbit trail. <laughs> Matthew 5, 3. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preaches a sermon. It's probably important. His very first statement in His public ministry, His sermon, Blessed are the poor in spirit, all of heaven belongs to them what is he saying the criteria for a relationship with the living god the light that i'm bringing the life i'm bringing is not working hard to achieve it it is a humble willingness to receive it the kingdom belongs to the receptive blessed are the poor in spirit all of heaven is theirs i love the new english bible it says that how blessed are they who know their need of god All of heaven belongs to them. He won't withhold anything from you if you understand my role in this gig is humble myself and receive and acknowledge how much I need Him for any type of life and godliness. For we are His workmanship, and now Amplified says, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, when the light uh, came to Steve... Steve opened his heart. My heart, not my head, my heart. 
And the light came into the darkness, and the darkness couldn't stop it. Praise God. Amen. And now when I stumble, the darkness can't... If I, if I dabble, my, uh, stick my toe in the darkness, the, the, it can't overtake the light that's in me. I'm going to repent and, and get up and keep going. God's faith in me is what keeps me going after a big piece of stupid. God's faith. Guess what else it's translated as in your New King James Version of the fruit of the Spirit? Faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faith. Look up the word faithfulness in the New Testament. It's pistis. It's faith. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, and faith. Faith is a work of the Spirit. In birth in the heart of a yielded vessel. A yielded believer. Stephen, you guys go ahead and come. Bless you, Holly. Romans 10.10 says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness. I believed unto right standing with God with my heart. It doesn't take anything to just intellectually do whatever. But according to the parable of the sower, the soil is in your heart. And so that's why he says things like, if you'll seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. Javion Cunningham, who's 11 years old, last Sunday said, my observation of today's service is that without the word, we are lost. Without the word, we are lost. So it has to be received and apprehended with the heart. And I leave you with this. I said it earlier. I do not want you or anyone else believing a false gospel that says all you have to do is believe in God like you believe in George Washington. There is a place within your heart where you take in the light and the life of Christ and faith is in birth in you and you begin living connected to Christ daily. He is your life and your light. Amen? Will you stand with me? Nikki, observation, today's service. Oh, Haley, you have one too? Oh. <laughs> yeah, anything that the Holy Spirit showed you today that you got out of it. Um, Just don't say, great message. No, I think, <laughs> I mean, hold on, I'm going to change your, your Oh, the slide, okay. So in, in John 1, 1 through 5, um, he talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Man, Christ has been here. He, he laid a foundation for us. He put us here where we're at right now, and and then he gave us life. He animated us. And not just as, you know, people in the flesh, but like he animates us. He gives us life Amen. that's deeper than just surviving. Amen. He gives us life that is deeper than comprehension. Amen. Just like you said, you, you contemplate the wonders of the universe and, and it gets to be so big you can't understand right. it. But that's okay because we know the one that created it. That's right. With the one that gave it to us and the one that com- continually that's so good. brings up this, this faith that we couldn't possibly do and, on our own. So, and do you see how it could remove our fear? 
because we, we know the, that's right. We know the one that crafted it all, Brian. So I remembered when talking about light. I remembered in Luke 11, it talks about the eye is the lamp of the oh, body. Oh right, yeah. And uh -huh. if if your eye is full of light, well, so, the, so if your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. And I remembered when my kids were little playing baseball. You remember what they say when they don't swing at a bad pitch? Say good eye. Good oh eye, yeah, right. Uh -huh. So the Greek for that word good is single. If That's thine right. eye is single, oh, the yeah. whole body is full of light. And I Bible hubbed it, and it just literally means undivided attention. Wow. And not distracted by the busyness of life. Wow. So it always, it always comes back up to where we're looking. Where is our focus? What are we giving our attention to? If our attention is on the yeah. light... Right. Then, then the whole body's full of light. Oh, that's so good. Amen, guys. So good. Awesome. All right, let's bow our heads because, like I said, I, I don't want anybody leaving here without the assurance that light has penetrated darkness. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I am that person. I've believed in Jesus and God like I believe in George Washington or historical figures. But I want to know Him. And I, I think I've been working too hard to try to get something that He's freely offering if I'll just believe and take hold of aggressively the light and life of Christ into my heart, into my being. And I want to do that today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and say, please pray for me. I want to join the family of God today. Anne, are you worshiping or are you raising your hand? Okay. Okay. All right. We'll pray for you. Anyone else join in and say, I want to let the light in. I want to be sure. I want to know that the life of God has penetrated my heart. Not just my mind, my heart. Okay. Let's pray together with Anne. Ron, you mind going back there? Thank you, brother. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you chose not to leave us in darkness but to show us the light of your life through the word of God Jesus Christ and so Father I receive my sonship of your spirit this day and I thank you <laughs> that I am cleansed and I am free and I am now inhabited by the one who made it all. Lord, let your life and your light be all of me. I love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said. Amen. 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 Good word, huh? Good word, huh? I think Dottie was the only one that I at least heard. Maybe she was just overpowering you guys. So a couple of things I was reminded of, like <clears throat> if that word light, which is phos, is the, you know, like God's self-existent life within us, right? And Steve brought up in Ephesians 2, 8 that we're saved by grace through faith. And that's all on him. That's not on us, right? So it's the same way, like his part in that scripture is grace and faith and honestly even boasting 
Like, we're not supposed to be doing the boasting. He's doing the boasting about it, right? But our part is to receive that gift of grace and faith. And it's inbursed it within us more and more. But it's the same as healing. And he's talking about salvation there in Ephesians 2. But it's the same as healing. Like, we don't work up our faith to believe to be healed. We yield to him about him being the healer. And he inbursed the faith within us to believe for healing. The same with walking in our freedom. Like, we don't say, like, I'm going to walk in my freedom, I'm going to walk in my freedom, I'm going to walk in my freedom. We're going to yield to the Lord, and he's going to inbirth the faith and the grace to walk in freedom and walk in the reality of truth. It's his doing. We just get to be. We just get to be. So, well, Father, we just receive that today. We receive the being of your manifested, self-existent life. Like, we don't even have comprehension of what it means to be self-existent. Like, we have to plug in our phones and we have to have our electricity electricity turned on in our house. Everything has to have something powered. Our, our vehicles have to be powered. Everything has to be powered. Even our cordless drills. But not you. Like, you just exist as the power. And so, Father, as we yield to you in that place of power we know that you're going to give us the grace and the faith to walk out sobriety to walk out freedom to walk out healing like and our part is just to believe just to be with you along this journey and when the healing doesn't come and the freedom doesn't come we just yield our preconceived ideas back to you and we let you change our mind as we sit with you about whatever it is that you need to. We trust you and we give you ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great week. And if you need prayer, come forward and we will pray for you.